Hey everyone, welcome to the MTM Vegas podcast. I'm Sean Coomer, your host. Mark is here as well. Some interesting news about the podcast and how it's going to work going forward. We do two shows a week on YouTube at youtube.com forward slash miles to memories. We think that's the best way to experience this show since we edit it with all the visuals for the stories we're talking about. But we recognize many of you want to listen to it as this podcast. And previously we had combined the two shows into one episode of the podcast. And that's exactly how this episode will go. But beginning next week, the podcast is going to mirror the YouTube show, meaning we'll release two episodes a week a little bit shorter than you usually see here, Tuesdays and Fridays. So we're gonna release them the same time as the YouTube videos and everything will be the same. So no matter whether you're watching or listening, you're getting the same show and experience. We hope this makes it better for all of you and we really appreciate everyone, whether you listen or watch on YouTube. We've had so much fun growing this show and our coverage of Las Vegas. We have also launched a Patreon recently where you can get either audio or video versions of the MTM Vegas after show. It's $5 a month. You get a weekly after show on Fridays. You can either take it to go in the podcast form, or you can watch the video as Mark and I do a little bit of a looser version of the show, go more in depth. It's a lot of fun. Patreon.com forward slash MTM Vegas. If you want to join, patreon.com forward slash MTM Vegas. We already have a great community of people in there. Thanks to everybody who is supporting us, and we hope you enjoy the after show. And last thing before we get into this show, if you do like the podcast, consider leaving us a five-star review with Apple Podcasts. It helps us a lot. It helps us reach more people. And thanks again for listening. Let's hit it. So, Mark, good news. Formula One is coming, and that means that they're sprucing up the properties. We've talked about the balloon at Paris and how nasty it looks lately. And uh, somebody sent us a picture. It's finally getting the paint and love that it deserves. So there are some positive side effects to Formula One. I was going to say, when you said good news, Formula One, I think later in the show we're going to have not good news, Formula One coming. But, no, I... I... I don't even put this on Formula One. I say the, it's the circus circus shame effect. If they can paint their thing, everybody else needs to step up. I mean, that place is so old and crappy that <laughs> it brought shame to Caesars and MGM, maybe. Yeah, I'm glad to see the balloon coming back because it is a unique sort of fixture on the strip. Very bright and vibrant when it's new. It had looked sad and it's definitely something that we need spruced up and kept around for a long time. Yeah, agreed. I think it's it's one of those things that catches your eye in Vegas and it's always been cool and it, it looks so faded and dirty that... I'm glad that it's it's getting the love that it needs and Caesars is actually spending some money or whoever owns that property is spending some money. We don't we don't even know. Now let's go back to hating on Formula One, okay? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Speaking of hating on Formula One, Overnight, the strip is transformed. All of the grandstands are going up, and we learned that the Bellagio fountains are already completely blocked off. They will be until December, meaning you have to walk through the Bellagio. You can't go walk in that frontage outside. The Mirage Volcano is already fenced off and gone until December probably as well. Basically, the entire strip is going to be a mess for two months before the race, probably a month after and uh, I can't imagine that this is a good thing for people coming and visiting, but this is what you have to deal with. Vegas Starfish had a good video kind of showing the beginnings of it. And by the end of this week, we should really have a ton of impact for people visiting Las Vegas. Yeah, just imagine, you know, you fly to Vegas, you land, you spend all this money on a plane and a hotel. You go to the Bellagio to check into your $500 a night room. You can't get uh, your comps. Half the machines aren't working. And now you can't even go watch the fountains because it's all blocked off from Formula One. So it definitely is 
is not a great experience for people over the next couple months. And this is a big reason why I pushed my uh, trip out until after this is all done, because I just wouldn't enjoy myself as much there right now. You know, it doesn't look the same. You can't walk the strip and the strip is already tough to walk as it is with all the people there. And now you got, you're creating these other areas that are going to get backed up and people are going to have to work their way around it and stuff. It's going to be kind of hectic and a mess. And I feel bad for anybody that's coming to Vegas for the first time. And this is the way they're seeing it. I know it has to be done. Uh, to get Formula One up and running, but it just, it won't be a great experience, I don't think. You can see why they weren't too vocal about publicizing all the dates and how long it was going to take to do this. You know, it was always a few weeks was sort of the guess, but they never said anything firm. And this is a huge impact. We're not just talking about, you know, skinny, narrow corridors. You can't walk in front of Bellagio. You can't walk in front of Mirage and some of these other places, meaning that you're going to have to detour, more walking, more crowds, as you say, in areas that aren't used to handling them. And this is over two months from the race, so it's only going to get worse. It is what it is. It's what the city signed up for. You can't really criticize Formula One. They have to build the stuff. But yeah, as you point out, as a visitor, this would not be the time to come. And I wonder how that's going to impact things. If they've ever factored that in for this race, how many people are choosing not to come, especially in an age of social media where people make last minute trips to Vegas and this visuals are going to be everywhere. People are going to see how much of a mess it really is. Yeah. And then you got to look at, you know, they're going to see this this year and then next year they're going to mentally prepare for it or say, okay, when's Formula One dates next year? Let me block off a month or two before that. And I'm definitely not going to go visit Vegas. So whatever push they get for this weekend of all these high prices and, you know, the, the restaurants and everything filling up and, and paying all these insane fees, but what's it going to do the two months before, you know, October, November are usually a pretty decent time in Vegas, great weather, perfect time to visit. And that's going to be hindered right now. So how much does that affect them going forward? Do they lose more money than they make? I mean, I don't know if any other city is affected this much, you know, with their pedestrian walkways and everything that they hosted in. Yeah, but at least the balloon at Paris looks nice. So we're happy about (laughs) that. (laughs) There you go. Way to stay positive. (laughs) So this slipped by us last week. We didn't get to cover it with all the MGM news. Wynn has started charging for parking. This follows Venetian starting to charge for parking and the opening of the Sphere. Upcoming, not a surprise. This was widely predicted. I think it's $20 for self-parking, $40 for valet. And if you're staying in the hotel, it is free, which is nice. And that's what they did before when they had uh, paid parking the first time. So I don't expect them to backtrack this time like they did a few years ago. It's going to be way too busy there. As a reminder, Treasure Island been advertising that free parking on their sign for years, and uh, hopefully that sticks around not too far away. Yeah, and I don't mind this, you know, the $20, it's the first four hours are free, which I think is perfectly fair and just to anybody that's using it for something in the area. You could even go to a show if you want to and, and get back in time for that. So I think they're giving you a little bit there. If you're going over four hours, you probably should be paying anyway. $20 isn't crazy. And I do like that they're, you know, the guests get it for free. I don't understand how these other casinos charge paying guests that are paying these room rates, paying resort fees, and still charge them for parking. I think that should be included at all hotels. So, uh, you know, I think this is okay. When you're adding parking uh, charges, I think this is the best way you can do it. People are going to yell at you and say, well, hotels everywhere else charge for parking. You too uh, did a pop-up in downtown Las Vegas, and I wasn't invited, but a lot of people seemed to get the tip that that was coming, so I couldn't get down there in time. But they performed a new song that's Vegas-inspired called Atomic City, and I think they recorded the music video along with some promo videos down around 
Fremont Street, and then they did their concert in front of Plaza, which looked great, and there was tons of video all over social media. I didn't know that they recorded their music video for I Still Haven't Found What I'm Looking For back in 1987 on Fremont Street as well. So everything comes full circle, I guess. You two really embracing Vegas as they get ready for their residency at the Sphere. You know, neither one of us are big U2 fans, so we didn't know that they did a music video in the 80s there. But that's cool tie-in, especially with the show coming up. And I like that they, I think I read that they were going to give everybody pizza or food or something, and they decided to just give everybody that hung out for like 10 hours uh, 150 bucks as a thank you. And I'm sure they all would have done it for free just to one, be in the video, and two, experience it. So that's kind of cool, too. Yeah, it looked like a great time, and, you know, they're really embracing the Vegas thing, which is cool. So let's update people on the MGM hack, and there's not a lot of new stuff to report. Uh, We're recording this on Monday, September 18th, so this is day eight. And the online reservations still down. MGM Rewards still down. Most of their systems in the casinos, their payment systems are still up. Although I've heard anecdotal reports like in restaurants, all the tabs are staying open. They're not closing them. And so the systems are getting slower. Uh, I think they're still using the master keys where you get one key per room. So that system is still a little wonky. I've seen reports of elevators. There were mixed reports of some employees not getting paid last Friday, but MGM confirms that they have paid everyone. So You know, we'll see how that all shakes out. They're doing their best, but they're still not online. And they have extended the cancellations, I think, to the 24th. So if you have a reservation through the 24th, you can cancel. But mostly everything is sort of looks normal in their casinos. Still no tickets in most of the machines, which I think has to be the biggest hassle. Yeah, if I was a slot player, I would not play at an MGM casino. If you got to wait for hand pay and everybody's got to wait for hand pay, it's going to take forever. It's different if you hit a big jackpot, you don't mind waiting. But if you're waiting to cash out, you know, 40 bucks and what's the point you're just going to play through it and probably lose it at that point so i would go somewhere else you know in there how much money are they losing from that uh, just from the slot play i think table games everything else like that is is pretty standard so if you if you play that you don't mind maybe they end up making more money because people just force through their money and say you know what i'm not going to wait for this payout (laughs) or maybe they're making money from the 50 cents here and there that people are leaving on the machines uh going right in their pockets you know i saw somebody mention this and i hadn't thought about it but If you want to leave money on a machine, don't hit the cash out button because that locks the machine for the future person because it requires the hand pay. If you have seven cents, 20 cents, you want to leave it, just leave it. Let somebody else come so you don't lock up the machine. But as you say, I think this has to have a big impact. People go to jail for that, Sean. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, true. Okay. Okay. I, I take that back. Don't take my advice. The Review Journal reported that they're losing anywhere between 4 and $8 million in revenue a day. This is a huge loss if you think about that we're in day eight and they've extended their cancellations for another week. We expect it'll take at least that amount of time for them to be fully back up and running. There was a report of possibly a class action against Caesars for their data breach, although I only found one source, so I'm not going to put it up here. But I wouldn't be surprised. Usually with these types of things, customers do sue and there is some sort of a class action. As you point out, usually the customers get free credit monitoring and then the lawyers make millions of dollars. One interesting other story was that uh, the Hustler nightclub was offering free lap dances and airport transportation and platinum status or something if you were affected by the hack. So I think that's ongoing. So there you go. What's the $1,200 VIP platinum status? And how do you decide that who gets that one for getting, you know, uh, waiting at MGM for too long? I don't even know what that in, entails. I thought that was crazy. 
Yeah, because there's got to be a lot of people who are affected, right, that are lining up for this $1,200 Platinum experience. And if everybody has it, then nobody has it, right? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, this is a weird one. As a reminder, our Patreon is now live. We do a weekly after show every Friday. Our MTM Vegas origin story is up there as well. Tons of people have signed up. Thanks to everybody supporting us. So the A's relocation vote will happen in mid-November. The Review Journal confirms, although Major League Baseball has not confirmed it. Inside sources say when the owners meet in mid-November, that will be when they vote. And that most likely will mean that we'll soon get a timeline for the destruction of the Tropicana. Construction of the stadium probably wouldn't start till 2025. So they would have all of 2024 to basically close the Tropicana, demolish the site, get it ready for construction. Sad days ahead for people who love that property. But this seems pretty much imminent at this point. I don't think that they're going to vote no. I'm sure they had it all set up and approved before they get to this point. So it'll be sad to see the Tropicana. Maybe they'll name it like uh, Oakland A's at the trot or not Oakland A. <laughs> that would be great. Maybe, yeah. <laughs> Maybe they'll name it uh, Vegas A's at the trot or something like that. You know, tie it in somehow. But I'd love to see like the sign stay on the side of the building somewhere. You know, if not, it'll end up at the Neon Museum, which is an awesome place to go check out anyway. But I'd like to see them bring that in somehow. Or maybe the new casino has some tie into it. Uh, definitely keep it alive. You know, we have too much old Vegas going away. Yeah, and I plan to stay there when they close. Got to stay in those bungalow rooms. If you guys want some piece of history, those are the oldest hotel rooms left on the Strip. So stay at them while you can. The Washington Post did a sort of breakdown. I think they did this nationwide. They looked at it like tens of thousands of Yelp reviews and determine what's the best pizza in any market. And they went by type of pizza. So for Las Vegas, they went Chicago, Detroit, Neapolitan, and New York pizza. Best Chicago is Windy City Chicago style pizza. Best Detroit pizza, <laughs> Good Pie. Have you tried Good Pie downtown? I have not. I've seen the pictures. It looks uh, pretty close to what you'd get here, but I have not tried it. It, it looks like a decent replication of it. So I'll be interested to, to see for myself. Best Neapolitan is Settebello Pizzeria, which I've had their pizza before. Very good. Best New York pizza is Secret Pizza. That one I'm going to disagree with because I've had much better New York pizza at a, quite a few other places. Although Secret Pizza is decent. People love that place though, man. I was surprised to see Secret Pizza up there just because it doesn't seem like one that would be the best New York style. And then you shared one with me. What was it? Like Double Zero or something like that? That looks like a Neapolitan style pizza. Looks really good. Yeah, that came from John Curtis eating Las Vegas. He said it's the best pizza in Las Vegas. It looks incredible. As you said, it's a Neapolitan, more traditional style pizza. And I think it's in Chinatown area in this sort of bar. I don't know, but it looks amazing. Yes. Uh, one of the best and then things Then you go I've to the Tiki Room after. There you go. Or the tiki <laughs> there bar. you go. Oh my God, there's so much news this week. There's a shakeup at Resorts World. Scott Sabella, the CEO, the guy who took that project, got it completed. His whole vision has been behind it for the last few years since it opened. He was fired. We know there was a gaming investigation about some of the vendors that had been brought into Resorts World. Tacos El Cabron, I think one of the owners was a convicted felon, which caused a problem. But Sabella was clear of any wrongdoing in the gaming investigation of all of that. But this week, Resorts World, owned by Malaysian company Genting, they fired him, basically saying that the company was recently made aware that Mr. Sabella violated company policies and the terms of his employment. Goodbye, Mr. Sabella. The, one of the top executives is taking over for him. This is a big change for Resorts World, a property people love, people hate. It's struggled to find its way, but I still think it's a compelling product, and it'll be interesting to see what direction they go in from here. Allegedly was using uh, giving out free gaming 
uh, to his bookie that he owned money to and stuff like that. So it sounds very mafia-esque, all the stuff that is uh, circulating that might have happened in the last couple months. And then we have the Nico sign incident. I had to bring that up again. So it just seems like they maybe don't have the best management team running Resorts World at the time. Like, seems like it's kind of wild, wild west there. I mean, I don't mind the throwback to uh, all the mobster type stuff. It feels like old Vegas <laughs> again. But it is kind of crazy for a newer property to have this many problems in their upper management. Yeah, it's insane. And there's local influencers. I know Vital Vegas for a long time has said there's a lot more to the story that's not being covered in the media, which I'm sure there's a lot of stuff that's hard to confirm and, you know, get real sources for. But no doubt, I mean, one day they decided to just fire him and basically say that something came to light that they weren't aware of. So they have some evidence of something that uh, that wasn't good. And, you know, the chief financial officer, Peter Lavoie, he's taking over. So it's not a huge shakeup where the entire management team is out. But usually when the top guy is out of a casino, all of his cronies below him start to go and you yeah. start to see a new direction. So we might see a lot of management turnover there uh, in the coming months. Yeah, they'll all end up at Fountain Blue. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's talk about that because we finally have a Fountain Blue website, even though you pointed out this morning as it launched, it's a little wonky. Maybe everybody's hitting it up at once. Uh, you got some errors. I was able to navigate the site. Rooms are now bookable. And we did also get confirmation that the place is going to open December 13th, which is bad news for you and your trip. Yes. You will just terrible. miss it. Jerks. No, I mean, I looked at, I, got, I was able to look at some of the restaurants and, and the pool area and stuff, and then other areas just would air bad gateways. So I'm guessing their servers are getting hit pretty hard with it being the first time it's online, which still blows my mind that, you know, we're only a couple months away and they just got the website up and pictures and everything. But a lot of the restaurants look really, really cool. So I'm excited for that. The pool area, I think looks cool, but I also worry about there's not a ton of pool to it. So I wonder if it's going to be a little cramped with people standing everywhere. I love the center bar. It uh, looks kind of like a shell type of thing. Very Miami feeling. So I like the design of it. I just I wonder and you're not seeing the full picture of it. But you know, I wonder if there's enough actual water area for people. I agree. When I saw that I saw some aerials, uh, somebody took a picture from across the street. And then we have the concept art. And there's a long skinny pool out there, but I believe that's part of their VIP pool. So if you talk about pool for the regular guests, there's 3,500 rooms. It sure doesn't look big enough for all of that. But it does look like a beautiful pool area. As you said, it has some interesting mid-century modern sort of takes and architecture out there. Very similar to the original pool as it was announced you know, in the original project from 15, 16 years ago. 36 bars and restaurants. And a lot of this stuff we had never heard of before. It hadn't been released yeah. or in press releases some of the concept art looks stunning. Uh, it's clear they're spending money on these venues and they're going to be competing with Wynn, with Resorts World, who both have very beautiful restaurants and a huge variety of them. Uh, some of the ones that stood out to me was La Fontaine. They describe it as a plush dining room offering a sophisticated champagne brunch as well as a grand signature tea. Uh, that looked incredible, just the visuals of it. Uh, there's a lot of Asian food here too, which is sort yeah. of like you see at Wynn. Uh, Resorts World, not as much, but of course they have the food which hall there. Which doesn't make sense. Yeah, I mean, they have it all in the food <laughs> hall, but... Uh, Wynn has a lot of high-end Asian restaurants, and uh, you're seeing a lot of that here. There are a ton of those from, you know, Japanese to different levels of Chinese to noodles to, you know, casual to fancy dining. What about this one, Poppy Steak? This is one of two steakhouses there, and this is how they describe it. Spectacle for the sense, serving stunning steakhouse fare in a world-class nightclub atmosphere. That screams Fountain Blue, Miami, I guess. I don't know. 
Yeah, it, it screams like you can't talk to your date uh, when you're eating. But no, it, it sounds unique, something different. And I think they came up with a new name for food court. If I'm just looking at the pictures, the pavilion, is that what they're calling their food court? Which actually looks like they have some good options. You know, they have the pizza and all that stuff, the tacos, everything. It looks nice. It's not like a corporate redo of other things. So it looks like each one's a little bit unique too, which is nice to see. The promenade is actually the name, oh, but yeah. It the is. promenade. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they, they toned it down. All right. So one last restaurant venue Washing potato. This is my favorite one, and I have no idea. This is how they describe it. Study in Chinese noodle perfection utilizing black box theater lighting for a sense-heightening drama in every bite. So Chinese noodles with black box lighting. I don't know, but it sounds uh, very interesting, and I'm happy that they're trying this new stuff. I wonder how successful many of these venues will be. Everything looks beautiful in the artwork. You know, it all comes down to what the food is like. We don't know what the cost will be, but I'm sure it'll be, you know, on the higher end side. So everything looks looks great. I'm excited. There's so many places to check out. So if you're staying there, you don't really need to leave unless you want to find a pool that you can actually swim in. Then you might need to go somewhere. But it looks uh, it looks perfect. Everything we've seen up to this kind of it fits in, you know, and that's one of the knocks we've had with like Virgin and stuff where it's not one cohesive feel to it, where I think that all these, at least from the concept art, feels like it belongs in the same place. Yeah, this is exciting because this is sort of the property we thought we were getting based on the concepts. No real pictures yet. One other thing to say is the hotel is bookable from December 14th, $500 a night for that first weekend. The next week, midweek is 200 and the cheapest rates I could find for any night were 200 They only have their standard blue rooms and then their slightly upgraded gold rooms, so none of the suites are bookable as of yet, meaning that you know probably not all the rooms will be online when it opens. But you're looking at a $45 plus tax resort fee, and you can even sign up for Fountain Blue Rewards right now. I probably wouldn't see if they run some sort of promotion in their opening time. No need to sign up now, but they're going to have gaming out by the pool their sports book is going to be kind of similar to resorts world it's going to be in that sports bar sort of place and uh, the casino looks spectacular from the stuff that we've seen both the leaked pictures and the concept art i really can't wait for this place this might be the new cosmo as they say and you know hopefully they can deliver the rooms are you know a little on the small side for what they're going for especially considering they have so many of those standard rooms compared to somewhere like cosmo but i am excited i'll probably give it a stay that first week at the $200 rates because I don't want to pay $500 for opening night. I'm sure people will gladly pay it, you know, just to check it out. And I think $200, when you taxes, fees, all that stuff is probably going to be closer to $300 a night. I think that's about where it will end up most of the time. Uh, you know, weekends a little bit higher, but that seems about right. And I think that's decently priced, especially the first year. A lot of people are going to want to go check it out. So, you know, you got to grab what you can when you can. They got to keep the dogs out of there, right, Sean? If you want to be the new Cosmo, you got to keep the dogs out. <laughs> or maybe they're just going to go all in on the dogs. <laughs> <laughs> One last uh, thing is the website doesn't have any blue. There's no blue in the whole website. It's just all gold and white. It reminds me of the old MGM website. So I don't know what's going on there. They took all the blue I out laugh, of it. But I laughed when they have like the bow tie as like their logo thing. And somebody's like, that looks like Chippendales. It threw me off for a minute. <laughs> <laughs> So, Mark, did you see that photo of Desert Inn back in the day, the huge spread of food across the table, the beautiful Parisian-inspired decor in the restaurant, advertising the show coming up? It's a whole vibe. It doesn't exist anymore. Is that a good or a bad thing? The decadence is there. It's kind of amazing. And I don't think that we get the service. I mean, some high-end restaurants 
for sure. But for the most part, we don't get the service that they used to give back then. And But people don't take their time to enjoy things like they did back then. You know, they're always in a rush to do something. So it's partly our fault, partly, you know, restaurant's fault and all that stuff. That's just the way it is these days. But tell me that that picture did not make you think it came straight out of The Shining. <laughs> I mean, it doesn't look that bad. <laughs> just that feel. I got all red and pinks and stuff. And just the time frame, it just felt like red rum is around the corner. <laughs> Great news if you love cheesecake and you love New York delis. Junior's is coming to Resorts World. They announced it this week. It's going to open in November. I think it's going to go into that space where the kitchen is. That's their sort of breakfast lunch place across from Sun's Terrible Out, Buns Out, and Randy's Donuts. And uh, I'm excited. Every time I go to Times Square, i got to get me some Junior's cheesecake. And, Mark, they're going to have late night offerings, meaning they're answering your biggest complaint. Yeah, and that, that was really what the kitchen was supposed to be, you know, the late night spot. And it's a massive restaurant. They have a ton of seats. And when we were there early on in the opening they didn't use any of the seats because they didn't have enough service staff and i don't think it's ever really gotten figured out the food was terrible when i when i had it there i would never go back so i'm glad to see them repurpose it and they definitely need the 24-hour place so i'm looking forward to this you know anytime you have new york deli cheesecake stuff like that perfect late night stuff to eat so i hope it works out for them they definitely need it and that space has been kind of an eyesore, I think, since the start. Yeah, I think this is a big upgrade, and it's just another example of these brands from elsewhere coming to Las Vegas. Uh, we're getting so many of them. We've talked about, like, Whataburger, and there's just, from the high end to the low end, everybody wants to get into this market. There was a story this morning that Portillo's from Chicago is considering Vegas as their next market as well. So you're getting all of these sort of famous places Fast food. from all over the country. <laughs> you're going to get everybody upset about talking about too much fast food again. <laughs> Hey, we weren't uh, just talking about uh, fast food. We're talking about cheesecake, too. They have great cheesecake. I love their cheesecake, so I'm excited. It's probably going to be $15 a slice, but uh, what can you do? Pretty soon it will be in a vending machine, I'm sure, somewhere. You know, that's what Vegas does, too. (laughs) All right, I hate to complain about the Rio again, but just a reminder that the switchover is happening October 1st from Caesars to Dreamscape. And uh, if you want to stay there, the new rooms, the renovated rooms, some of them are online now, but you might not want to stay there because the lines have been incredibly long going back months. But uh, Jacob from Jacob's Life in Vegas shot this video on 11 p.m. on a Monday night showing the line just snaking through the casino. It looked worse than the MGM hack lines and two people checking people in, no kiosks working. Caesars does not care about the employees and I don't care how cheap the room is. It's not worth waiting in that line. Yeah, that's the big thing. Like everybody's said on Twitter, you know, go use the kiosk. Well, the kiosks are down and I've even had it if I booked two rooms, it wouldn't let me check in at the kiosk. So there's times that the kiosk just doesn't work. That's why I prefer the in-app check-in that MGM usually has. You have less issues with and you're doing it on your phone and everything so i wish they would move to that versus kiosk they seem to be less problematic but yeah this line is just insane it just is a big middle finger from caesars to the rio and you think they would step in like you're these last couple weeks you're building all these people that are never going to come back to your property because of their horrible experience even though you're not even running it i would force something step in bring in more people i don't care what it is but somebody needs to be down there doing something this is just insane on a monday night of all things it's not business like that's just crazy can you imagine having that job being the person to check everybody in how pissed they would be after waiting and you know no excuse no reason for it it's just that they don't want to staff it enough but let's talk about the positive side the paint is going up on the outside of the building and we're getting more looks at it and what a night and day difference between the old faded that sort of metal in between the windows and 
all painted bright and the sign is now getting done. So a lot of positive stuff, I would say, but uh, Caesars can't get out quick enough. Yeah, I'd almost end the contract early, but the paint looks great. It pops. It looks like it used to, you know, old, vibrant colors. So it's bringing life back, kind of what we saw with Circus Circus. And, you know, what we're hoping to see with Paris and the balloon. So it's nice to see the one good thing about, well, this was already in place before F1. But the one good thing about F1 is a lot of people are upping their timeline to get it done before that because they don't want to look all dusty and dirty on <laughs> on all the TVs across the world. Yeah, Rio uh, going to look good despite anything. I'm, I'm excited. I We're having the changeover. It's going to get better. We're going to get it. The, the rooms are okay. We're going to see what the new rooms will be. Let's uh, focus on the positive Hotel here. and. Yeah, and the positive is that Caesars will be gone. That's a big positive coming up just in the next few weeks. So Vital Vegas wrote this weird story about his Red Rock uh, Station Casinos account having points stolen from it. Uh, An employee was going through the accounts. Very strange. He's not sure if he was targeted because of who he is. But uh, in this day of cyber attacks and leaks of information, always a reminder that they have a lot of your stuff and there are a lot of people who have access to it. Uh, We don't know much more about it because he was a victim. They haven't released anything. But uh, a lot of people in these casinos have access to your information. Yeah, and it's I don't know what this person was thinking. Like, why break into accounts to steal points to use at the place you work? Like, they don't have a monetary value outside of cashing them in maybe for free play or for food like you're doing you're robbing it at work and then you're using it at work like two chances to get caught just blows my mind at such low numbers it's kind of stupid to lose your job over but yeah we've seen with the hacks and everything else these employees and the thefts we've seen from employees over the last couple years and even when they didn't mean to and they're just taking bags of money out to random people because they got a phone call like they have a lot of power that they probably shouldn't have and it's kind of scary when you think about it yeah we'll see if anything else comes from that if he wasn't a victim he probably would have never known about it but as you said the person allegedly took uh low amounts allegedly at least from him yeah (laughs) even though we don't know who it is uh, allegedly So free play, uh, there's a company called Acres Manufacturing Company. They did a white paper on how casinos are sort of in the past with their free play, how it's not generating revenue for them in the way that they think, and uh, maybe laying the foundation for getting rid of free play or altering it significantly. Now, of course, in casinos, there's a big difference between locals casinos who attract more like hardcore gamblers, I would say, and like Vegas casinos who have more, you know, leisurely stuff. But uh, it's a very interesting article. Also talks about the age demographics of who gambles. Uh, 70% of revenue is coming from players over the age of 55, which is strange because you just see these new machines, which are more and more like video games, but it's still old people dumping all their money into them. Yeah. And we've seen, you know, record gaming levels and you think that's younger people spending more of their discretionary income, but it seems like older people are just like bawling out more, more than ever, uh, which is kind of crazy to see. Cool to see. I kind of want to deep dive this a bit more in our Patreon uh, episode that we're going to do this week, because I have some thoughts on the loyalty programs, free play versus not free play and does it really help and we've seen that here and sports books going online they're trying to get everybody to come to theirs and throwing out these huge promos and losing a ton of money up front just to try to gain market share and i don't know that it ever necessarily works and i don't know that free play ever really drives me to go somewhere yeah it's uh, strange uh, in the way it's a very old-fashioned practice there's the line of thinking is it gets you into the casino you're going to lose more we of course know people who just go in take their free play get out but i think that's probably the exception and not the rule so i don't 2%. know what this paper is taking into a <laughs> account yeah exactly <laughs> it's taking into account you know people who are going to the casinos because of free play and lose other money but as we said this is corporate vegas version 3.0 all these game companies are more you know mature in what they're doing and these loyalty programs are more mature and mature loyalty programs as we both know 
mean less generous loyalty programs. They cut out all the fat, the things that are not really driving revenue, and you will see that continue in the uh, gaming space. So Formula One, not a huge amount of stories this week other than the traffic nightmares. Yesterday, Fox 5 did a story uh, driving down the strip and talking about this new texting thing. You can text Formula One, and uh, they'll give you an update to traffic information. So that's their big solution to this. Although I texted that number this morning and never got a response, so I don't know if it's not working or whatever. But on their live stream, it took them 43 minutes to go from Bellagio to Aria, so from Flamingo to Harmon, about a half a mile. And uh, this isn't pretty. We're still two months out. We're not gonna. We're not complaining about the race. People think that we're too negative here. This is the impact. This is what we're seeing from people here in Las Vegas visiting. And as I point out, it's still two months away. Yeah, I feel bad for everybody that works on the strip and and has to deal with this coming to work or getting home from work. Because that's added hours to, you know, at least a half hour each way, probably. And that's an hour more you're spending away from home. And it's not like you're getting paid for it. So it it is like an hour more of work that's unpaid. As well as like Uber drivers, taxi drivers, you know, a lot of their pay isn't based on, you know, how long it takes. Most of it is mileage and stuff like that. So they're getting probably paid less than they would doing more trips and stuff. And you get stuck. Nothing's more awkward than getting stuck in a non-moving car with a, a Uber cab driver, and I, <laughs> you know, I don't, I don't like that either. It's hard, and there's not, there's not the public transport to really get you around, even when you are on the strip easily. I mean, you have the monorail for half of it, but you're still having a lot of walking mixed in with that, which some people just can't do. So it's a tough couple months, and you know, this is going to be a yearly thing, so it's going to be tough sledding. But at least you can text them while you're sitting there in traffic and uh, get yeah. some real time updates. Tons. Probably you use Google Maps though; it's probably better or ways. <laughs> That'll probably help you a little bit better than that. But there were people who testified in front of the county commission who work at these casinos. You know, one person said it takes 30 minutes to get to the daycare to pick up their child. That's less than a mile away. These are real people with real impacts that I don't think everybody sort of considered when they decided this race. And again, I don't believe that any of this was announced. I stand by that. We do this show every week. We're heavily involved in it. This entire schedule, basically saying six months, is just not what they announced. They announced small parts of closures. They didn't say that the strip was going to be closed. Maybe it's common sense in hindsight, but it sucks for those people. And we're not going to cover this on every show, but uh, I wanted to cover the text information Maybe. so you can uh, they can save you. Yeah, we're just going to get more bitter and bitter as November comes. <laughs> no, I mean, the way they made it seem like they're going to do it in small sections, which we thought was stupid at the time because you're like, you're just going to have to go back over it all again because if you start this one section two months before the race you're gonna have to redo it what's the point so we kind of knew that it was gonna be a mess but maybe not to this level and i'm i'm shocked of like what they've already closed down walkways for pedestrians on the strip to build these uh, stands and everything it just it's more cutting down trees it's just more than i even imagined which is you know probably naiveness on our parts but it is what it is they need to get this race off the strip in future years use the backside of the strip do something because this is just put in the desert it'd be cool (laughs) (laughs) So we've talked that cannabis lounges are coming to Southern Nevada or Nevada in general, and uh, several places have approved licenses. That just means they can build it out. Then they have to go to the local municipalities and get approval. One of those places we found out this week is Area 15. And I think that anybody who went to Area 15 or saw Area 15 said that this is the perfect place for a cannabis lounge. Uh, It's going to be in a separate warehouse building. So if you bring your family there, kids during the day, things like that, it won't be in that same space as the main Area 15, but they're moving towards 
getting that thing open soon. A lot of details still not known as it seems like all these lounges are keeping secrets from each other, trying to one-up uh, the other ones. But I think this place is going to do really good business. Enjoy the lounge, then enjoy the craziness that is Meow Wolf and Area 15. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's the perfect couple together, like hand in hand. But the, the thing you have to worry about is when you enter this in, are people going to try to do it in other places very 15 saying well you you have the lounge like what's the big deal and how do they police that and not upset everybody so hopefully people stay in the area that they're supposed to stay in probably won't happen but if they do i think it's a great thing you know go have a little fun before you go do these trippy things you know the distillery meow wolf all that stuff it's really cool and i think it's a great fit so i'm sure they'll do something above and beyond for this space as well like they do everywhere else so probably like one of the best cannabis lounges in the world i imagine wait until the universal monsters haunted house opens up you have a lot of paranoid people getting scared (laughs) running around there it should be quite the show (laughs) yes that'll be fun people watching right there so we're gonna go change clothes and talk about the bellagio stay i had a couple weeks ago i was in the spa tower we recorded this for a previous (laughs) show but because of the hacks and time we had to cut it so enjoy we'll talk all about the spa tower the new rooms and why my stay was good. So take that, all you people who think I hate on Bellagio and MGM. Let's talk Bellagio real quick. The Spa Tower, I've been teasing this for a few shows, stayed there in the renovated rooms. And Bellagio announced this a few months ago. The renovations of the Spa Tower will be complete by October, but many of the rooms are online now and I was able to stay in one. I paid for this. This wasn't a sponsored stay or anything like that. So this is my honest opinion. $110 million renovation of this tower. 819 rooms are being redone. It's kind of a pain in the butt when you're staying there during the renovation because if you're on any of the upper floors, you can't get to the pool area without switching elevators because of the construction. But That'll be over soon. And I want to say that because that's my biggest gripe of this stay. And if that's my biggest gripe, then I think it was a pretty good stay. And we've talked before about having mixed results at Bellagio. And some people give us a hard time saying we really hate on them. I don't hate on them. I just say they're not win. And some people think that they're at that level and I do not. But that all that said, I really liked my stay. I really had a great stay. Went to check-in, was able to check in at the VIP check-in for gold members because I have my MGM gold card or gold and above. Took really good care of me in the little lounge. It's actually hidden behind the front desk and i didn't really know this but they have snacks and waters available so if you're a gold or above you can just walk in there anytime and get that it's not like a closed lounge it's just a kind of a desk with that stuff off to the side so that's a neat little trick for you and gave me a nice view of the bellagio fountains and the renovated room the rooms look very similar to the 2021 renovations of the bellagio tower inspired by lake como the hallways have that same like circular ripple pattern and the decor in the rooms is largely the same The one big difference, Mark, with the spa tower is the closet. They didn't need to take out the uh, part of the bathroom in order to put a closet in. So you have a bathtub and a shower. There you go. And the bathtub looked clean. It didn't have any gunk coming up from the pipe. So that's good to see. I mean, they look very similar to... I I looked at your review from a couple years back when you did the original uh, tower changes. And it looks almost identical when you flip back and forth between the two in the main room. The big difference is the the bathroom. And I know people love their tubs. It was a big uh, thing when they were taking tubs out of some of the rooms. But I actually like the look of the bathroom without the tub. It looks a little bit more modern, a little bit cleaner, a nicer tile, you know, versus their kind of stuck with that shape and the wallpaper around the tub and stuff like that i I think the shower looks nicer the bathroom just looks a bit nicer so i'd probably prefer that room you know it all depends on if you get stuck where you want to walk and stuff like that because bellagio is so massive that if you get the wrong tower 
versus what you want to do, it could be a real pain. So I think that almost would dictate where I'd stay more. Like, what do I want to do? Am I going to be on property focusing at Bellagio or do I want to go to other properties and then deciding uh, which tower to book into for that? Yeah, what's nice about the spa tower is it's located close to the tram station to Aria and that walkway to Vidara and that new connection to Cosmo. All that's going to be right there. Cosmo's not connected quite yet, but everything else is. So You can get into city center really quickly. You'll be able to walk to Cosmo very, very quickly from the spa tower. The downside is if you want to go the other direction, it's far. And I didn't really prefer that location. I like the main tower better, quite honestly. But that's just, you know, I don't nitpicking a little bit. It's a pretty long walk from there to get to like, say, Flamingo or to get out to the Bellagio Fountains or something like that. Not a huge deal. But the staff friendly, you know, I've had really bad interactions with staff, not, nothing crazy, but just not friendly, not to the level. And again, I've talked about Wynn and how it stands out their level of service. And I feel like at Bellagio this time, the lifeguards out by the pool, everybody I came in contact with, the person who checked me in was incredibly friendly. So I have really high praise for my stay there. The rooms obviously are not on the same level as Wynn or those top quality rooms. The furnishings just aren't there. But as far as a modern room with some of that, you know, Italian touch it's not your generic gray room they tried to do something a little different the beds are super comfortable yeah it's a good place to stay great stay my best stay ever at bellagio so i'm really happy to report that and for all you people who say i'm a bellagio hater there you go i said tons of nice things now (laughs) just just to point out though this is my i think fifth time staying there and the only time i had a flawless stay there you go one out of five wouldn't even make the majors (laughs) no just kidding but, you know, it's the recent one. So, you know, they're getting better. Yeah. And the conservatory is great. We showed on the garden table. It's it's a cool place to be, right? It's the location's good. The pool area. I had seen the pool area a lot, but I had never had a chance to swim out there during my stays because usually they were in the off season or I just didn't make it a priority. Got to do that. Took Ellie there and my wife, Jasmine. So we had a family day out by the pool. Very nice. I love the pool area there. Again, it's like Steve Wynn sort of evolved. Like the wind pool area is just a little bit nicer, better gardens. But, you know, they're built by the same person. And you can see the vision in both. And there are a lot of comparisons. And I guess that's where I choose win over Bellagio is that I feel like it's a a better version, a more evolved version because it was built seven years later. But certainly you can't do wrong. And I stayed with FHR really quick. That's American Express Fine Hotels and Resorts with your Amex Platinum card. I used a $200 credit, which basically covered the whole room cost during the week. So all I basically paid was the resort fee. I ended up with $100 property credit, $60 in breakfast credit at Sedell's and a late checkout, 4 p.m. checkout. We're able to check in at noon. That's a great deal if you can find good rates with Amex, FHR, or there's other credit card programs that do similar things. But that's the way to do it if you're going to stay at Bellagio. Uh, Bellagio, the main areas are always fantastic. And I just, when you're paying the price tag of $500, $400, if you're not getting comped or something, that's where I run into the issue of that, is that room worth it? To me, it's not usually, I mean, I, you can still go hang out in the casino or go to the restaurants. You don't need to be staying there. So that's that's what I tend to do. Thank you for listening to the MTM Vegas podcast. Don't forget to check us out on YouTube where we release the show twice a week on Tuesdays and Fridays, youtube.com forward slash miles to memories. And all of our Vegas content can be found at mtmvegas.com. That's posts, podcast videos. See you there. Thanks again for listening. Talk to you next time.